Welcome back, Creatures of the Night, to episode 14 of Collecting Dead Man. I am your host, as always, Stephen Zeman, and I want to thank you again for making me a part of your podcast experience. If you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, please do. Please leave us a five-star review, and please uh, spread the word to all your friends and all the other Creatures of the Night that you know, so that this podcast can become just like The Undertaker's Legacy, spread throughout the globe. If you are a new listener, I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you go back to all my library of episodes and enjoy what I put out there. Please follow me on Twitter at CollectUpDead and on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan. And check out our new YouTube page where you can find videos of toy hunts, special unboxings, and even an audio of my watch-along of Survivor Series 1991. And speaking of watch-alongs, I have asked some special guests to join me on future watch-along bonus episodes. And not only that, you'll be getting it in podcast form and YouTube form, where you'll be able to watch us watch the match. And you can hear us give our uh, critiques and commentary on classic Undertaker matches of their choosing. It'll be a match that will be available on Peacock or YouTube so that the Creatures of the Night can follow along with us. And some more bonus pod news. I conducted a uh, very special interview with Keegan Dimitrovic. Uh, That's at KeeganRW on Twitter. I conducted it this week and that will be coming your way uh, through podcast form and YouTube form as well. It's an interview I'm very proud of. And um, if you can give uh, Keegan a follow on Twitter, uh, his handle again is at KeeganRW. Um, hope you guys are looking forward to all the, the bonus podcast news, the, um, the watch-along news I'm very excited about. And there'll be plenty more content coming your way on the YouTube channel. So uh, keep your eyes peeled and get those subscriptions into my channel so that you won't be able to miss a video when it drops. And that's all I have for podcast news for the week. If you want to continue supporting this podcast, you know, pick up some merch from my various merchandise stores. Continue subscribing to uh, this podcast and listening to us. And follow me on all forms of social media. And I appreciate all my listeners. I appreciate everybody who interacts with me and everybody who makes this podcast possible. And uh, now we go on to Tales from the Grave. where We'll be talking about my favorite Undertaker memory, figure hunting memories, and if there's any Undertaker or figure news in the week. Now, this week in Tales from the Grave, I will be talking about Undertaker's return to the dark side at WrestleMania 20 in 2004. On a previous episode, uh, I talked about Undertaker's uh, debut as the American Badass, so I thought it'd be only fitting to eventually come around and talk to when he uh, turned back into the dead man. Uh, There's a number of reasons why this memory sticks out to me. But one of the reasons I wanted to talk about is this match really 
helped me get through a sad period in my life. Because about a month prior to uh, his return, when they were starting those vignettes and the mind games uh, against Kane on Raw, uh, I received news that one of my best friends in school had passed away suddenly. And, you know, I'm 12 years old, so um, taking this news was not good, I would say. Um, I still remember falling to my knees and crying uncontrollably when I heard the news. And that's a reaction I wouldn't have again until receiving news that my father passed away. Um, receiving this news just out of the blue during one, uh, during a time that I should have been happy. You know, The Undertaker was coming back. Uh, he was off of TV for like four months at this time. And um, I was getting ready to just ready for WrestleMania season, ready for his return. And then life comes by, smacks you in the face with a big dose of reality and says, oh, not, not so fast. Don't get happy too quickly. You know, this just happened. And, you know, it just speaks to um, the power of The Undertaker in my life and the power of looking in, looking to something that um, can suspend your reality and that can suspend your imagination. Because I'm sure it's true with anybody having um, heroes in any type of sports, in any type of movies, or even the comic book world. We look to uh, our heroes that are not really real heroes, but are heroes to us in our fandoms. And that's what Undertaker... Uh, that's why I needed The Undertaker the most, because I looked to him, he was returning, I looked to the, a bright spot in my life, something I could look forward to, and something that can almost, you know, kick me out of this depression state that I was uh, pulling myself into. And it's something that I would uh, not pull myself into again until when my father passed away. It's something that uh, just happens naturally. Uh, you become so disenfranchised with the world around you and the bad news that you receive that sometimes it takes something um, that you truly have a deeper connection to and um, just something that can help you get through it. And I look to my faith and that I know that's something that strengthened me as well during both of these moments in my life. Uh, but sometimes I think that it takes something more than faith. It takes something that is tangible here on earth. And that's where The Undertaker comes in. And this is where WrestleMania 20 is so um, special to me in this regard. Because that moment of when Paul Bearer's voice came on the arena. And the image of the returning Undertaker. That that whole sequence of his entrance that match with Kane his victory thank God he won that night I swear <laughs> but just that whole story of his redemption and return just like made it okay again for me and that's why you know Wrestlemania 20 always that his return will always have like a special part in my fandom for The Undertaker because it really helped me uh, become me again it's you know my parents and my family and my friends 
uh, they were great they tried to you know cheer me up and to bring me back to reality but sometimes it takes something not in our reality to really do the trick and that's why I wanted to talk about my favorite Undertaker memory being his return here at WrestleMania 20 because if anybody out there is going through a difficult time in their life and uh, they don't know what to do or who to turn to you know uh, you know this is something that maybe uh, I can share to make people feel better that they're not the only ones going through it and hopefully they can find something uh, that they can uh, turn to and uh, bring out in them uh, what I brought out what you're gonna take a brought out in me and that is the ability to uh, just suspend your reality and suspend your beliefs and just enjoy what's in front of you at the moment and uh, hopefully that can help somebody out there and I just felt like sharing that this week and um, to bring it to the figure history of this era of Undertaker I feel like Mattel could really make a great elite depicting his return at Wrestlemania 20 I uh, would love to see that in the future uh, but as for now, the figure history that depicts this moment is Jack's WrestleMania 20 winners set and also Ruthless Aggression Series 11. Um, Ruthless Aggression Series 11 is definitely an upgrade of the WrestleMania 20 figure because in the WrestleMania 20 figure they just use like rehash American Badass parts because apparently the Dead Man parts weren't ready on time. But that WrestleMania 20 packaging is just something that uh, I've loved and um, I'm glad that I have a, a carded uh, piece in my collection because my favorite figure hunting memory is actually talking about finding that for the first and only time I ever did see it in person after uh, many times trying all the Toys R Us's around us my dad and I went to Wolf's Flea Market in Allstate Arena one weekend when we were uh, uh, taking care of my grandmother and uh, we saw somebody selling the WrestleMania 20 set and I think it was like 20 bucks a figure uh, maybe 15 I don't remember but it was like a little over retail and now uh, he had all the figures in the set and it was the only time I ever saw it in person before finding before eventually buying another one uh, just a few months ago off eBay uh, but you know I bought the I uh, my dad bought me The Undertaker. I opened the figure up like the schmuck kid I was. I wasn't keeping anything mint on card. Um, much to the chagrin of my wallet nowadays. Uh, how much money I could have saved if I would have kept so many things mint on card. Uh, but just finding that with my dad just makes that memory so much more special. And uh, being it the only time that I found that set in person. Uh, just to find in a flea market of all places because you never know where you're gonna find something that you need and it's just uh, just like a fun tie-in to everything about WrestleMania 20 you know so much stuff going on at this time um, you know the sadness coupled with the uh, the joy of his return and um, because you never know when you know reality is going to slap you in the face but sometimes you need something that's not in reality to help you get through it 
But moving on to any figure or Undertaker news for the week. Unfortunately, there is no Undertaker figure news or figure news in general. But there is plenty of Undertaker news. And that comes in the form of Undertaker's interview he did with Sports Illustrated a few days ago. Where he went on to praise Roman Reigns' character work. Um, he said that he's uh, doing the best work he's ever seen him do. Uh, that he's so proud of him. And that he really wants to, he really would love a feud with that character of Roman Reigns now instead of having the feud a few years ago. And I really couldn't agree more. I think a heel Roman Reigns versus like a uh, uh, Redemption Undertaker or Boneyard Undertaker uh, could really work. I uh, think the story they can tell now would be a, a better story than they told a few years ago. And um, Undertaker goes on saying that on the Night of Survivor series, he told uh, Roman and Jay Uso that he felt that they were putting on the best story right now that he has seen in a long time. And just to get that praise from The Undertaker, just, um, just to be a part of something that he feels is the best Thing in the product I mean that must mean so much to these two guys and um, I wish Undertaker was around now to have a feud with them I wish Undertaker was called back for like a mini feud or a mini match I know WWE wants this year's SummerSlam to be bigger than Wrestlemania so the selfish fan in me is like I'll call Undertaker back for a match give him Jey Uso Give him Drew McIntyre, who McIntyre wants so badly. Um, have SummerSlam be a callback to have Undertaker come in front of fans. Let it be a casket match so it, like it's a harken back to his first SummerSlam when he fought Kamala in 92. They can do so much. You know, if Undertaker is not feeling uh, that he can go a full 20-25 minute match, a casket match can be done in 10 or less. Something that he showed that he could put on a great match with Rusev in Saudi Arabia. Still get all the classic moves in. And, you know, and still, you know, put over a younger talent. Even though if they lose, they're still in the ring with The Undertaker. And that, that's all that matters. Because Undertaker thinks so much of this, uh, this wrestler he's in the ring with. I think that if they can't get Cena or Lesnar for SummerSlam that they're hoping... I hope that they turn to The Undertaker again because it's something that live fans would love to hear the entrance again and I'm sure Undertaker would love to be in front of people again, something that uh, he was definitely robbed of at WrestleMania 36 and at Survivor Series for his uh, farewell. Uh, but moving on, um, in a Twitch stream a couple days ago, Alistair Black also talked about the advice he has gotten from Undertaker uh, throughout the years to uh, show a different side of him and his character and social media because Undertaker told him that since we're living in such a uh, social media world nowadays you can't protect the character as much as you would like to and he told him to focus on the character in, in the screen and just give us a uh, behind-the-scene glimpse, but not pull back the curtain too much on social media to really help get the character over. And that's great advice. Alistair Black said that uh, that's the, one of the best advices he has ever gotten. 
in his career. And hopefully the rumors are true that WWE is looking to bring Aleister Black in. Maybe Undertaker had a hand in them uh, giving that a second look. Because I think that he can really make something special in a character given another chance. Uh, maybe he can even make something special with a returning Undertaker if Undertaker ever decides to come back. It's uh, definitely some missed opportunities there. Um, but that's the Undertaker news for the week. And uh, fingers crossed that he has some kind of influence in SummerSlam or Survivor Series now that live events are going to have fans back. So uh, keep my fingers crossed. Hopefully all the Undertaker fans out there are crossing their fingers as well to uh, have the dead man come back one more time because he can definitely go as, as, uh, just finding the right opponent for him. And that is it for Tales from the Grave for this week. Uh, we move on to Digging Up Dead Man, where I talk about my weekly purchases. Welcome to Weekly Purchases. And of course, in Weekly Purchases, that's where we talk about what we found in the stores or online, whether it be eBay, Macari, or any other website. Uh, well, since... Uh, I've had no luck finding Beast Mode Series 2 Undertaker. That's the only thing that should be hitting stores around this time. Um, no luck finding that in Walmarts. I hope that uh, Series 2 starts hitting the stores around me so I'll be able to find uh, that uh, Beast Mode figure and unbox it for my uh, YouTube channel. Um, nothing in the stores this week. Uh, but through eBay and Macari, a few things have come through the mail, and I'm sure all my fellow listeners are just waiting to hear what has been added to my collection this week. Uh, the first thing that is into my collection this week is Ripped and Ruthless Series 1. And I found out I didn't have this going through my checklist uh, in my collection because I thought I... Uh, picked up all like the Playmates and Jack specific statue type figures but apparently this one slipped through the cracks. Um, I uh, I like the figure I just wish that the box was a little more collector friendly because the box it comes packaged in is like so oddly shaped that uh, you know especially if you're trying to store it away like I am you have to like make sure all different figures that are around it have to be like perfectly placed and then it's something like you can't really put anything on top of it because the plastic window is like so uh, flimsy so you don't want that to like bend in so um, yeah so I know that there's a second ripped and ruthless version of the Undertaker with a signature on his leg so I'm looking for that one as well but the one I got is the uh, the regular version another thing I found while searching uh, Undertaker items is apparently WWE is still running the slam crate through loot crate and this month a Undertaker uh, Casket pin was included in the box So uh, that was something uh, fun to find out and realize WWE was still uh, doing the slam crate uh, subscription but somebody uh, luckily enough was selling just the pin so I picked that up for cheap and I'm glad to add that to my Undertaker pin collection. Uh, another thing that found its way into my collection this week was the WWF Sliders 3-pack. 
It's like uh, little mini figures that had a marble ball on the bottom of the, uh, the base so that you can slide them across the table and they can smack into each other almost like a, uh, a mini game of sorts. But this three pack consisted of The Undertaker, Ken Shamrock, and The Rock. So it was a, uh, a cool three pack to pick up because it's mostly Undertaker's two rivals in the beginning of 1999. Ken Shamrock, of course, he fought at Backlash, and Rock, he fought at King of the Ring, uh, where he defended his title against him. So that was cool to pick up, you know, just like a little Attitude Era novelty uh, thing from Hasbro. And the last thing I picked up from my collection this week is a talking piggy bank of uh, The Undertaker, released around 1998-1999. Every time you insert a coin in the back of his head, he would uh, uh, say a catchphrase. But unfortunately, I will not be inserting a coin because I really don't want to hear that thing rattle around every time I have to move this item. But... Um, a lot of the things I picked up today I had from my childhood, so it's always awesome to revisit that nostalgia of the Ripped and Ruthless, the Piggy Bank, and those sliders. Um, I always love picking up stuff uh, that I had as a kid, and also uh, stuff that has so many good nostalgic memories attached to it. Uh, because you never know what you're going to find when you search The Undertaker on these online sites like eBay and Macari. Because some things you just forget about, and then when you see them, it brings back so many good memories that you just have to pick it up, whether it's on your checklist or not. And I know that better than most people, because uh, besides the Ripped and Ruthless, I don't think the other three were on my checklist to check off. So at least I checked one thing off. I was able to delete that off the checklist. Um... But I'm glad I was able to talk about some more weekly purchases this week. I know you guys love hearing what I add to my collection. And hopefully I did not disappoint. And um, hopefully there will be more to talk about next week. But we'll see what happens with the mail. You never know how, if things are going to come in time for the recording. But if they do, you guys will be the first to hear about it. And now we go on to Taker's Mark where we finish up Hell in the Cell month. Taker's Mark. Now in Taker's Mark is the time we talk about my favorite Undertaker match and a favorite Undertaker figure that depicts that match. Now for the past four weeks or so, I have been talking about my favorite Hell in the Cell matches of The Undertaker. I omitted WrestleMania 28 against Triple H because I talked about that in a previous episode. So I started with Undertaker vs. CM Punk at Hell in a Cell 2009. Then Randy Orton versus Undertaker at Armageddon 2005. Undertaker versus Edge at SummerSlam 2008. And now we'll be talking about my number one favorite Hell in a Cell match from Undertaker. It is, of course, King of the Ring 1998 Undertaker vs. Mankind. Now I know this is the Hell in a Cell match that is probably talked about the most often. It is the most famous and infamous Hell in the Cell match in Undertaker's career and probably in all of WWE history. But the reason why I made it my number one is because of its all significance in Undertaker's career, 
mankind's career and in WWE in general. Um, this was basically the end-all, be-all for the Undertaker-Mankind feud. A feud that started two years prior at King of the Ring 1996. Uh, it's given us classic matches such as the Buried Alive, the Boiler Room Brawl, uh, the Survivor Series 1996 encounter, uh, has given us a great uh, Undertaker Championship match at In Your House Revenge of the Taker and it all cu uh, culminates here at King of the Ring 1998 two years to the first meeting and you really couldn't ask for a better feud ender than this Hell in the Cell match. Um, of course after this match uh, Undertaker and Austin would win the titles from Kane and Mankind at Fully Loaded but this match really puts an end to the Undertaker-Mankind feud. And just from the beginning with Mankind uh, starting at the top of the cell and just going just from there. Undertaker and Mankind battle for a few minutes on top until eventually Undertaker tosses Mankind off. And I'll always remember the first time I ever saw this match um, they just kept replaying that first fall and it made you really step into the shoes of the Undertaker you know witnessing mankind being tossed from this cage and you know there's a there's a uh, lull time where mankind is being carted off on the stretcher because they don't know if he can still go or how injured he is but when Undertaker's halfway down the cell uh, mankind makes his way back to the cage they um, they climb back up, they brawl for a few more minutes, and then Undertaker proceeds to choke slam Mankind through the cage with him falling to the ring and the steel chair coming in after him, hitting him in the head and everything. Now, of course, it's known nowadays that was not the plan. The plan was to have, you know, just have him be choke slam on the cage and just have it be like dented into the, um, the top. But of course the top wasn't fortified enough for two 300 pound men and it gave way. And there's that iconic image of all the referees and the officials holding their hands up to the Undertaker as he steers down to the uh, lifeless body of mankind. And I think the takeaway of all this match is that iconic imagery of Undertaker being on top of the cell looking down at the destruction. It's almost like he's on top of the World Wrestling Federation and everything else is below him. It's almost like that type of imagery. And you would think the match would end there, but it doesn't. Uh, Undertaker proceeds to jump down into the ring on a broken ankle, lay waste to the referees and officials in the ring, and him and Mankind continue to fight for another eight to 10 minutes. Um, is that infamous thumbtack spot where Mankind has Undertaker in the mandible claw and Undertaker proceeds to drop Mankind on the thumbtacks twice and then choke slams him on it and eventually Undertaker finishes Mankind off with the Tombstone Piledriver the best that Undertaker can give him and then Undertaker is declared the winner 
and the most infamous Hell in the Cell match in WWE history is over. Um, it is talked about to this day, 20, uh, 23 years later, and this it, the imagery is still used in WWE promotions and specials and openings and everything else they do to promote the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view. It seems like everything comes back to this match. And it's a special marker in Attitude Hera history. It's a special marker in Undertaker, Mankind history, and history for the feud. I think it is... I wouldn't say the match is overrated. I would say the match is justfully talked about uh, as much as it is. Because anything could have gone wrong that day. And because of its cultural impact, everybody knows Undertaker throwing Mankind off the Hell in the Cell. Everybody knows that uh, video. Everybody knows the memes. Everybody knows um, everything there is to talk about that match. And it just continued to show how popular WWF becomes after that. And it just puts a final stamp on the Undertaker-Mankind feud that, you know, Mankind was worried about how he can top the Undertaker-Shawn Michaels Hell in the Cell, and the funny thing is nobody has been able to really top that Undertaker-Mankind Hell in the Cell afterwards, just by its cultural significance, its WWE significance, and everything else that it's managed to get out of that match. So of course I had to make that my number one favorite Undertaker match just because of everything it uh, was able to accomplish for The Undertaker, Mankind, and the company. Any other list I probably would have given number one to Undertaker Triple H at WrestleMania 28. But since I chose to omit that match due to talking about it in the past... I chose this one and I think everybody can agree that it's probably everybody's either favorite or close favorite Hell in the Cell match. And it just proved that Undertaker was not afraid to take risks. Uh, he was not afraid to get hardcore when need be. And Mankind was the perfect opponent to bring that out of the Undertaker character. So King of the Ring 1998. Undertaker versus Mankind. Two years from the day they first met, their last official one-on-one -on -one meeting in Hell in the Cell is my number one favorite Hell in the Cell match for Undertaker, and that closes out Hell in the Cell month for Taker's Mark. And to talk about the um, favorite Undertaker figure depicting this match, uh, 1997 to 99, uh, I mean 1997 to 1998 Undertaker is a look that is definitely needed in Mattel form. They've given us basics in the SummerSlam wave, but to give us like a, a full elite or an ultimate edition in that classic Undertaker WrestleMania 14 robe, that's definitely needed in my collection and in everybody's uh, collections. Whether you collect uh, only elites or just Undertaker like I do, that's something I know P I see people clamor for on the figure boards 
and on social media they want 1997-1998 Undertaker. Um, Jax gave us it in the Deluxe Classic 2-pack with Kane. Uh, that was definitely a, a run for my favorite figure depicting this match. But I'm going to go with the nostalgic choice and choose Jack's bone-crunching action Superstar Series 7. It's the first Undertaker figure I received to start off this whole crazy journey. And I think that new mold and sculpt that they did to Undertaker to show him being more uh, massive a more intimidating force for the uh, action figure line and it just depicts his 1998 outfit perfectly it has his full tattoos it has the uh, X crosses on his uh, uh, chest and legs it's perfect to me and uh, that's why I anytime someone says your favorite 1998 Undertaker figure until Mattel gives us one I'm always going to choose Superstar Series 7. I think Jax knocked it out of the park for the Bone Crunchers. And that's always one I would choose in this instance. I hope you guys enjoyed my top 4 Hell in a Cell list for Hell in a Cell month. Uh, if you guys have any other uh, favorite Hell in a Cell matches that you would have chosen instead of the 4 I did, I would love to hear your uh, comments and reasons why. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Collect Up Dead or on Instagram at Collecting Dead Man. Let me know what matches you would have chosen. Let me know the reason why. Uh, if King of the Ring 98 is your favorite, do you have anything to add to my commentary? Is there a reason why you like that above all the other ones? Um, I, I like all Undertaker's Hell in the Cell matches. It was very hard to choose four. Um, I like the uh, Shane McMahon WrestleMania 32 Hell in a Cell match. A lot of people don't. I enjoyed it. I enjoy um, even the ones that Undertaker's not victorious in. I really like the Undertaker Batista Survivor Series 2007. I like his Hell in a Cells with Brock in 2002 and 2015. I uh, enjoy the even the one with Big Boss Man at WrestleMania 15. That's nostalgic for me because that was my first WrestleMania. So it's very hard to choose just four. And especially with the omitting the Triple H one at WrestleMania, it made the choices even harder. So let me hear your list. Let me hear your reasons for it. And um, we move on to my favorite segment of the day, Buried Alive. course in Buried Alive is where we talk about all the pieces of Undertaker merchandise and memorabilia that are just weird or out there and sometimes we say what the F were they thinking when they made this and today is no different. We will be talking about the WWF Grow Things Undertaker. Now this is something I especially remember having as a child. This is something I admit to having nowadays as an adult. And this is something, if I remember correctly, never looked quite like what the photo was uh, predicting. Um, it is an, a small Undertaker figure 
enclosed in a breakable tombstone case and it says that it can grow five times larger in water. Now I remember uh, as a small kid putting this in one of my mom's uh, large vase um, jugs and to have it grow and I think it took like a week and it grew large but by the time it grew large you couldn't even tell what the uh, superstar was portraying the items like it grew fuzzy uh, it took away all the uh, detail in the face and the outfit because when it's starting off the uh, the little figure is very well detailed uh, I can tell it's the undertaker it has detailing in the hair and the outfit but once it grows five times its size in water, it loses all of that. It becomes just like, like a blank slate figure. Uh, of course, I think I have the purple version of Undertaker, so it's just like a large purple mass. Um, it's just, it becomes fuzzy. All the things are disoriented. You can't really tell what it is anymore. And I know I was like, disgusted as a kid it's like it didn't feel good it felt squishy it felt um, not like anything that you would want to play with as a child so I don't know where they were going with trying to market this as something like you can play with or display after it grows but you really can't I, I you can't really display this thing you, you don't know what it is it's best to keep it in the packaging or keep it small if you're gonna open it because once you try growing it larger I remember it becoming totally distorted I think it distorts even worse if you end up putting it in a container that doesn't uh, fit the item as it grows so it like morphs and it like becomes like uh, hunched over almost like if it doesn't have enough room to grow it doesn't grow upwards it like grows to the form of the container it's in so it just becomes like a disgusting uh, fuzzy distorted piece and it becomes even more disgusting if you don't have it in a proper container so I can't believe I never talked about this on the podcast before but uh, the growth things is definitely something uh, that sticks out in my mind as a memory when I was a child um, it's something I found super cheap on eBay one day and I said well if I'm collecting all kinds of weird Undertaker merchandise there's no nothing better than the, the growth things because um, it's something I will always remember doing it's something I'll always uh, remember not to do in the future and it comes in multiple colors I have the purple version but I've seen green and I've seen red so maybe I'd be tempted to pick up a second uh, color variant, but um, not in the uh, near future, I can tell you guys that. But check it out. Maybe somebody has a YouTube video of them doing a grow things. So if they do, I will try and find it. If not, if I get a secondary one, that'd be a, a YouTube video I'm sure uh, all my listeners would love to see as I uh, crack open a 22-year-old uh, grow things undertaker and try to grow it in a container of water I'm sure that'd be very popular but um, 
that is it for episode 14 of Collecting Dead Man. I want to thank you for joining me on this journey through Death Valley as I try to add to my Undertaker collection each and every week. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed the episode. Please continue to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter at CollectUpDead, on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan. And if you want to continue to support the podcast, uh, please continue to be a follower, uh, support us in buying some merchandise on any of my merchandise stores, and leave us a five-star review where you can. I thank you all, my creatures of the night, for joining me here this week. And until next week, we keep on rolling, baby. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Collecting Dead Man. Please continue to subscribe and leave us a five-star review where you can. Follow me on Twitter at CollectUpDead and on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan. Check out my Linktree page so you can find the links to all my merchandise stores, where you can find wherever this podcast is available, and where you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit the like button and subscribe there as well. Please continue to support this podcast in any way you can. And until next week, Creatures of the Night, keep on rolling.